Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Super excited to have you back and to dive into our episode today. Today's review is going to be from the CEO of Pick My Brain. They say Lance's superpower is his genuine curiosity about people and their superpowers, and it shines through his podcasts and his interviews with people. Candid, real, genuine, uplifting, and relatable. Real conversations recorded. I really, really appreciate this. I know who this this one is. I'll keep it anonymous. Thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate that. Um, and keep them coming, everybody. You know, you may get your review read on 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 air. A lot are coming through and I'm so grateful for them. Can't read them all, but I'm going to try my best. So really appreciate you. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe as well. So you can stay on top of all the episodes. Really, really appreciate it. So today's guest is a powerful one. Got a very emotional story, yet you'll pull out a lot of lessons. So make sure you listen right till the end. She's been around. She's done a lot of different things. She's got a very successful business and she also hosts a podcast called Men on Purpose, which she runs and operates and it's does very well. I had the pleasure of being on. So Emerald Green Forest will be joining us. She's an amazing woman and I'm truly grateful to have been able to have a conversation with her today. So really excited to get into that. Hope you all enjoy it. We'll dive right into Emerald Green Forest right after our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the makeover master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest has had to overcome a lot and continues to be an inspiration to so many. From having to grow up with an alcoholic father, to having to deal with threats from her son who is highly addicted to drugs, things have never been easy and always continue to be challenging. But even with the struggles, she's managed to create amazing things in her life. She's the founder, lead visionary of Creative Age Consulting Group. She's an internationally known speaker, transformation artist, Be the Change Movement to Watch Award winner and one of America's premier experts. She is also the executive producer and hostess of Men on Purpose podcast, which has been ranked on the top 200 in iTunes. Now, I had the pleasure of being on her show. She's amazing, got an incredible story. I'm so excited to bring her on. Emerald Greenforest, welcome to the show. Lance, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to have you because I had a great time on your show getting to know you and you've done such amazing things in the podcast space and continue to help so many people. But I just really want to dive into, you know, your story and, you know, find out about you and where you came from and how you became, you know, who you are today. All right. Well, do you want me to just go or do you want to ask love me to, some questions? I would love you to just fill in the gaps of how you, your childhood and where you, and, you know, growing just up. Go. You, yeah, just go. Okay. Well, so it's interesting because I'm coming onto this show and I've been doing healing work for myself, with myself 
for many, 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 many years now, since definitely since the 1999, like moving forward from 1999, I've been doing immense healing work. And just recently I dove in to do another piece of healing work and specifically around my core wound. So my core wound is... When I was very small, my dad, as I said, was an alcoholic, or as you mentioned, was an alcoholic. And when I was very, very small, probably two or three years old, he got on top of my mother on their bed and they were fighting and he had like a lamp and he was on top of her. And I was little, little, little. And I remember like it's seared in my mind getting the yardstick, which is like a three foot long wooden stick. I got the yardstick and I was hitting him on the behind trying to get him off of her. And that is like been my earliest memory for many, many years. And I just dove in again to that memory and realized this morning that I actually, across my whole life, I've actually repeated that experience with me being the one on the bottom. Um, again and again and again, even to the point where it ended up happening with my own son. So yeah, so it's been an interesting life path for me where I really came to understand that my roots were put down in the soil of abuse, of being on the receiving end of abuse. And my work was to actually uproot myself from that soil. Nobody else was going to do that for me. And it became clear when the, when the thing happened with my son that I was the single unifying thread across all of these kind of stories of experiences of being abused. And so the only way that I could correct that storyline is to actually pull the thread out, pull the thread that I am out of the soil of abuse. So, yeah. So how long did it take? I mean, growing up with that, you obviously don't know what's happening. You're, you're in that environment, alcoholic father, and it probably, you've probably felt like it was almost like you probably took blame for some of the stuff and how he acted. Cause I I've heard that a lot of times, but I didn't ha- come from an alcoholic family, but I mean, I drank a lot and I know how you can be like when you're on it. And, and sometimes you can really do things to hurt people's feelings when you don't really realize it. So what kind of things is growing up did your dad like what kind of situations did he put you in as far yeah. as yeah it was not even just feelings lance like physically i was physically yeah. abused m- multiple times when he was obviously now i know he was intoxicated but so i had many 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 experiences i mean another memory that i have is hiding under the bed he would be enraged and come after me primarily i was the target in our family I found out later that the reason why I was the target was because he he would look in my brother's big brown eyes and he just couldn't hit him. But I would be the one that would be, because I was also older, you know, there was that thing too. You're older, you should know better. All of those weird like implants of belief systems that came in, in addition to the physical abuse. So, you know, I have definitely got memories of hiding under the bed and didn't bring friends to my house. It was not a good idea to bring friends to my house because you never knew what was going to be happening. My father kicked me down the stairs when I was probably 13. And it took me a long time to actually even let myself remember those things. And it was when my body started to, 
you know, like I had a chronic low back pain for years and years and years and years and years. And it wasn't until I, I actually woke up to needing to go through the process of healing myself and accessed body work and craniosacral therapy and shamanic healing work and all of those things that I've accessed that I was actually able to um, disintegrate the trauma from my physical body. Wow. What, so growing up in that, where, what path did you go on? You know, what, what did you, what did you have ambition to do? Like, what were you, what was your early ambitions growing up as a girl coming from that environment? Well, it's interesting because one of the things that I, I was, was a reader. Like I figured out really early that if I was reading, nobody could say anything to me. Like nobody was going to do anything to me because for some reason, like that was a safe zone you know, oh, she's reading, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was, you know, interrupting anybody or doing anything that was disruptive. I was filling my mind with positive thoughts, hopefully, or in my, in my case, what I was actually doing was I was escaping through reading. And so when I was nine years old, I read in the Reader's Digest, because my dad had a, a subscription to the Reader's Digest, I read, I am Joe's heart. And I was so excited about, um, about that article that I read, I Am Joe's Heart, that I made the decision when I was nine that I was going to be a heart surgeon. So that's what I, I thought I was going to be. And as I grew up and I got a little bit older and I went through school, another like coping mechanism for me, I left my body and really um, pumped up and escaped into my mind. So I did a lot of academic work. I was always an A student. I graduated a year early from high school because I knew I had to get out soon. So I graduated a year early. And then my dad lost his job as a result of his alcoholism. He lost his job two weeks before I graduated. So I had one year in college. I was going for biochemistry at Penn State. And after that year, there wasn't any money to go to college for the next several years. So my whole trajectory changed at that point as well. And then ultimately I ended up in business. I ended up getting a degree in business. I ended up in the real estate business. I was a common interest community manager and consultant. And I manifested a business partner who was also abusive. He was verbally abusive. He wasn't physically abusive, but he was verbally abusive to just about everybody, not just me. And again, that was part of my healing journey was kind of having to leave that environment as well. And ultimately I ended up, when I started to heal, I actually discovered all kinds of latent, untapped talents and gifts that I had for healing. I became a healer myself. I became an artist. I became like all of these untapped gifts started to germinate when I started my healing journey. And so I think I actually ended up becoming a heart surgeon <laughs> for my own heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's amazing when you start peeling back those layers of getting rid of those limited beliefs and installing new ones, you start to realize that there's so much more to the human, you know, to yourself. And so many people don't ever realize that because they're just, they have so much guilt and they have so many limited beliefs that are just holding them back their entire life. Mm. I've noticed that personally is just when you start to peel back those layers, you know, it just gives you, it gives you that empowerment of like, almost like a freedom, like, oh, I can breathe. I can do something else. Cause I'm not, 
you know, a slave to this. What kind of traits growing up that, that, that you've noticed with men that have transferred into your different relationships that you may not have understood because as you get better at this work and yourself, you start to realize and things start to get brought into light and you go, oh, wow. Like, what are some of the things that were like patterns that you were, you kept going back to or you found showing up? Yeah. Well, one pattern was I continually attracted addicted men, you know, men who had addiction issues, whether it was gambling or whether, I mean, one of the men that I was with was, um, he was a dry drunk. So he, he had the same way of being in the world, even though he wasn't drinking because psychologically he was not healed from it. He stopped drinking, but he wasn't healed from it. I attracted, you know, I think the underlying theme across all of the attraction that I did was untrustworthy. Like for one reason or another, whether there was addiction or whether there was my second husband, husband, I call them husbands. They was my husband. <laughs> That's good. My second husband, who's now deceased, he literally lived a double life. You know, so this whole, the part of the thread was untrustworthy across many, many relationships, whether it was my business partners or my love relationships, this untrustworthiness. And ultimately, it was me needing to look at my own feeling. I was untrustworthy to myself. Like part of the imprinting that I received and the experiences I received, I spent most of my life in reaction mode and most of my life in protection, either reaction or protection, right? And I wasn't really present in my own physical body. I wasn't really listening to myself. I didn't trust listening to myself. I was always on the alert because that was, you know, that was how you had to survive. I had to be on I, at least that's what I believed was that I had to be always on the alert and paying attention to what was going on with everyone else to the exclusion of paying attention to what was going on with me. Yeah. That's interesting how, how like the one, so the one thing that you were getting out of all the addictions was the untrustworthy. Mm. How, how did you, because that's fascinating because a lot of people won't go deeper than that, than the, the addiction, they don't really understand what the underlying cause is. How did you even get to that point to realize that? Lance, you actually just asked me the question. And it's just right now in this moment that I distilled for myself that yeah. thread was untrustworthy. Like that wow. just now came. So I guess what I want to encourage people who are listening to this to hear is that I'm still on journey. I am still getting insights. I am still understanding at a much deeper level. And there's obviously more to go, you know? And yeah. I think probably the reason I'm, I was able to actually come to that moment just a moment ago is because I'm actually beginning to trust myself more. So now I see, you know, now in retrospect, I see, oh yeah, of course, that is the thing, is the untrustworthy. The other thing I want to say is, you were talking earlier about peeling back the layers, peeling back the layers, and it's, this is a huge, perfect example in this moment of what just happened. I would never have been able to peel back the layers if there had not been a, what I'm going to call divine intervention. Mm -hmm. And divine intervention to me is, 
somebody asking a question that you weren't expecting that all of a sudden opens you to a different viewpoint or a book falling off of the shelf at the library or going to the gym and seeing, which is what happened to me. I saw this yoga thing back in late nineties. I saw this yoga thing and I was like, but I had injured my, my knee skiing. And so I was just like this gym person and I had injured my knee skiing. And, and I asked the personal trainer guy who was rehabbing me. So what about this yoga thing? And he said, you know, go do it. If, if it hurts, don't do it. If something hurts, don't do it. But when I went into yoga, it actually literally changed my whole life. So I feel like there's these divine interventions that once that happens, right? Once that first divine intervention happens, now we have awareness. And that for me is like the first, like stage one healing. Like you don't know necessarily that you are in shit until all of a sudden somebody comes along and says, that's shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and what I find interesting is how do you know, as you do more of this work, you start to be more in tune, but how do people get in tune in the first place? Because there's so, you know, the personal development, there's a lot of talk these days of meditation. There's a lot of talk of a lot of different ways, but how does somebody learn to pay attention to those signs or just think it's a coincidence? And how is that related to, you know, I know it can be related to law of attraction, how you're vibrating, things are, you're attracting people, things in your life. How does the average person just kind of become tapped into that? Well, I think part of what happens, Lance, is something is happening alchemically inside that is crying out, right? There's something inside where either the pain or the frustration or the, the dissatisfaction just builds to such a point and I feel like that becomes almost the magnet for these divine intervention experiences mm. where there are going to be people who are listening to this who may hear one sentence and that one sentence will spark something in them that, but they have to be listening, right? So I guess the question you had is, what, what about the people who aren't listening? What about the people who aren't paying attention? What about the people who aren't actively speaking support and help. And I think the only thing I can say about those people is, is we all have latent within us the desire to be whole and to be healed. And that desire lived in my own father. That desire lived in my husband's. That desire lived in my son and still lives in my son. That desire, I believe, lives in all of us. And it's a matter of, again, this divine intervention that circumstances align where that gets germinated. And sometimes it's from disasters happening. Sometimes it's from really powerful life transitions happening. The loss of a parent, the loss of a child, a divorce, getting in a car accident. Unfortunately, it seems like that's the way things are wired. And I also believe that we do get the whisper. Yeah. There are, like, there's this undercurrent. There was this undercurrent for me for at least four years before I started to wake up. 
and it was initiated with the birth of my son, which that was an emergency. His birth was an emergency. He was six weeks early. The cord was over his shoulder, around his leg twice and tied in a knot. He was blue. They had to run him down to the neonatal intensive care. I mean, like there's all of these like massive emergency trauma thing happened in my life. It was, you know, my life as well as his life. And after that, I started to germinate, like that thing inside started to germinate. Right. I want to talk about, if you're okay to talk about your son a bit, I want to just hear about him and just hear about the journey he's been on. And the way I look at addiction for myself, and I thought I was addicted to alcohol. Like I think I was in a certain way, but now that I've gotten rid of it, I think it's a different issue than what I thought it was. It wasn't the actual alcohol that that brought me into it there are some other things right like we just sort of talked about and same with cigarettes i could i used to smoke millions of the things when i was drinking and then i couldn't the next day i couldn't even smell or look at it so how does that make sense how does one person get addicted to something and how does one person walk away from it right and i truly believe that it's something that's each person is different now maybe yeah, maybe tell us about your son and how that sort of ties in or how that happened or, you know. Yeah, well, I, I want to, before I talk about my son, I want to talk about my own addictions, right? Because, you know, I th- we all come in innocent, right? What is Sarah McLaughlin's song? Born Innocent, right? Yeah. We're all born innocent, right? And we're all, we come into whatever environment we come into and we receive whatever experiences we receive. And some people respond to those experiences different than others do. So you can literally have a family of three or four or five children and every single one of them, if they sat down at the table and said, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, you're going to get five different stories, right? So I think I want to start by saying every single person kind of interprets experiences for themselves in their own unique way, right? And so for those of us who end up in the addiction, and we're going to put that in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. In the addiction tunnel, we'll call it the addiction Mm -hmm. tunnel. For those of us who end up in the addiction tunnel, ultimately we are seeking relief, right? We're seeking relief from a unprocessed or unhealed or un- yeah, incomplete experience. And so one of the things that happened for me when I was began my healing journey was I found out about this technique called EMDR, which is a psychological technique. But the theory behind it is when you have a trauma, your left brain and your right brain, they process across back and forth with one another through what is called the corpus callosum, which is this bundle of nerves that connects the two sides of your brain. But when you have a trauma what happens is there's like a freeze up that happens. And if it doesn't get processed through the brain, you continue to have this literal pattern of, in my case, it was abuse, this literal pattern of abuse that's living as an affinity in your psychological, emotional, spiritual, uh, electromagnetic field. And it's sending out like a beacon, like, plug into me, plug into me, plug into me. And so because it's painful, you find in the world that there are ways to escape, 
right? Whether it's drugs or alcohol or for some people, sex or shopping or gambling and now it's social media or whatever it is, you find the way to just detach from that for a time. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, those things though cause even greater pain on top of the original pain. So to talk about my son, what I want to say about him is he had some very potent, difficult experiences. He was born early. He had probably had some oxygen deprivation. had needles stuck in him for the first six weeks of his life because he had a blood condition that needed to be corrected. He then, when he was three years old, was sexually assaulted in daycare. You know, like he had repeated again and again and again. And then he also came into a lineage on both sides. My father, my my mother's grandmother, my father's brother, all of these people had alcohol issues on his father's side. There was alcohol, there was drugs, there was all kinds of addiction ran on both sides of the family. And by the time I had him and I was in my own healing journey, I was like, it's stopping with me. I was just like, this is going to stop with me. And so when he became a teenager and began experimenting with drugs, I will say I likely overreacted because I did not want him to have anything to do with any of those things because I had my own fear, which was projected onto him, that he was going to end up having problems, which mm. is exactly what happened. I'm going to take responsibility for my projections and he's now 23. So he now has to take responsibility for his choices moving forward from here. It was very ugly for a very long time. Heroin was involved, cocaine was involved, multiple trips to the hospital was involved, multiple suicides attempts were involved over the course of a seven year period. It was very intense, very difficult, very heartbreaking. And it culminated with him, you know, attacking me and literally locking me in the basement, which the interesting part about that was when the police came and got me out of the forest because I actually was able to get out when he went upstairs for something to eat or to go to the bathroom or whatever. I was able to get out of the basement and escape and then call the police. When the police came, they said, oh, well, we need you to talk to the detectives because what you're telling us, this is felony kidnapping. And, and in that moment, I had to actually stop myself and decide, do I want to tell the detectives because now I'm putting a felony kidnapping charge on my own child, right? And I am so grateful for the sergeant who was with me in the middle of the night. I'm in my pajamas. In the middle of the night, the sergeant sat with me and he said, well, I can't go any further than this. If this is what happened, you know, we have to take it to the detectives and it's your choice. And I was just like, can I just breathe for a minute? Let me just breathe for a minute and just, you know, be clear about what's happening here. And then he looked at me and he said, if you don't talk to the detectives, this will be your life. And that was the, again, another divine intervention, right? Best, biggest gift of my whole life. I looked at him and I was like, oh, hell No, I am done. Seven years of crazy, I I am done. 
this is not going to be my life. This is not going to be my life. And so I went to the detectives and I told the detectives, I mean, I had to tell the story three times and now I've told the story more than once on many podcasts. Yeah, this is not going to be my life. Thank you, divine intervention. Wow. I just want to say thank you for having the courage just to share that with people because that takes a lot of courage and, and I admire that. And just to be able to share that is just, it's a level that most people don't get to. And I just thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's an incredible story, but I mean, you continue to grow and you have this incredible podcast. Tell us what the name means, Men on Purpose. I know it's great and you, 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 know, you interview amazing men and just tell us why you picked that name and what inspires you about that podcast on a daily basis. Yeah, thank you for asking. So when I got the awareness after this whole thing happened with my son, when it became clear that I was the single unifying thread, a lot of things shifted. Like I made that decision in that police car that night that this was not going to be my life. And a lot of things shifted. And one of the things that shifted was I became called to shift my business, which I had spent almost a decade working with primarily women entrepreneurs, helping them feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. It became clear that I was now called to work with men. And I wasn't really sure exactly how that was going to look, but as I went through the process of rebranding and putting myself out there in a, in a new and different way, it became clear that a podcast was a great vehicle to speak to men because men are listeners. They listen at the gym, they listen in the car while they're driving, they listen while they're taking a walk in the woods, they're listeners. And so the idea for the podcast came as I was in that rebranding process and Men on Purpose was one of those things that just came out of the blue, frankly, Lance. It was, you know, I choose in my life to be open to what I call quinkles. And quinkles are sparkling coincidences. And so when a quinkle shows up, I'm like, yes, this is, this is what we're doing. And so it literally was one of those quinkle moments where all of a sudden Men on Purpose landed and I said, I'll do that. But here's the most important thing about the podcast that I want to say. You know, it's great that we've gone to iTunes top 200 ranked podcast. I'm very happy for that. Wasn't something I was shooting for. I'm, you know, whatever accolades I receive, I am grateful for the accolades. But the best part about the podcast is I actually began to focus on seeking out magnificent men, because I spent my whole life with malevolent, malicious, mean, and um, mischievous men, right? And so now the work for me is if I no longer want to attract men that are alienated, addicted, or abusive, it's on me to go looking for and to put the sign out that says, hey, I want to bring magnificent men into my life. So the podcast has actually been a healing journey for me. That was my next question. That was going to be, how is that healed? And, and, and it probably happened without you even thinking that was going to happen. How, like, give us some examples of how that's helped you. Because people well, are still trying to make sense of podcasts. You know, some people think it's about money. Some people think it's about branding. Some people think it's about, you know, you know, positioning yourself. There's so many ways to reason why, but 
How does that help you in the healing process? Yeah. So it's all of those things. My podcast is all of those things. It is branding. I do intend to generate revenue. I do, you know, it does position me. I'm, I just got selected to be on the national publicity summit on a panel. So yay, yay, yay. Again, not things I was going for. Thank you. Not things I was going for. What I really was just, all I was going for was I want to bring magnificent men into my life. And this is a vehicle to do it. And so how it has healed me. Well, let me tell you, Lance, I see men very differently than I used to. I now recognize they have feelings. (laughs) Like, oh my God, men have feelings. (laughs) How cool is that? Mm. I also am very excited to know that there are many men who, who are actually very intuitive. You know, they might not say I'm intuitive, but when I talk to them, that's exactly what they're saying to me. Like, oh, I listen to what I'm, you know, my gut says, or I'm, I go with how it feels. Like men are way more intuitive and feeling based than I actually was aware of. So that's number one. They're people. <laughs> men are people. They're not enemies and they're not, they're not all predators. Now that's not to say that there aren't Predator men out there, no question about it, but I've discovered that it's not all men, right? So that's the second thing. And the third thing that I discovered is that I can actually stand in a conversation as a, in a partnership way with men rather than um, either one of us or the other of us being in a superior position. So one of the things I recognized was part of my, you know, survival mechanism in my relationships was I very often ended up putting myself in the superior position in a lot of ways to the men I was with in my own mind and my own behavior patterns to kind of compensate for the feeling of having been in inferior positions for, you know, in other aspects of the relationship. So that has allowed me to really, um, it's allowed me to, to dance in a better partnership way with uh, the masculine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you, you notice too, men are a lot more sensitive than you probably once thought. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just getting, I'm, I'm sure you meet some that really open up and you're just probably like, wow, you know, like there's so many things in, inside and people have such guards up all the time. And it's nice when people open up and, and let, let you in and have that conversation. It's a really rewarding feeling for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I've let my guard down more and more and more with every conversation. So that's another piece of the healing yeah. uh, that has happened for me. Yeah. Now, what about your, your, your business now? Can you tell us about how you help people and what, you know, what your vision is, what you do on a daily basis? Sure. Yeah. So I primarily help consultants, corner office change agents, and creative entrepreneurs. I work with them in three areas, vision, voice, and value. So in the vision area, I help them to really get clear on what their highest, most meaningful mark, their highest expression can be, the most meaningful mark they want to make in the world. And we map out what that looks like. And it's their legacy body of work, whether it's a, you know, building a foundation or whether it's building a body of uh, intellectual property or whether it's creating a philanthropic organization. So we do that in the vision work, time to make your mark, VIP days. 
And then my voice body of work is I help people to become seven figure speakers. And how I do that is I help them to build high end program that they can then sell using speaking and strategic partnerships to get the message out to more people and to bring high end clients to work with them. And then the third piece on the value piece, which is where I help people to have what I call the big revenue breakthrough. So that's a virtual retreat that I do. A big revenue breakthrough is to help people really understand the value of who they are and what they have to offer in the world because too many people are over-delivering and under-earning, especially in the expert space. So, Yeah, that's for sure. And things are changing so much. How, you know, what do you notice is the biggest challenge in you know, the ever-changing technology that we have you know what do you face as far as daily basis as like finding the challenge of like growing and marketing and all that kind of stuff yeah so i think the biggest challenge lance is distraction for all of us there's another shiny new thing another shiny new thing another shiny new thing another shiny new thing every five seconds now right and so the biggest challenge becomes how do we keep it as simple as possible? Like one of my mantras for myself is what's the easiest way I can create the most amount of impact and make the most amount of money in the least amount of time and have the most amount of fun. Right. And so if I just keep that in my awareness, then it's on me to assess how am I spending my time? Right. And so just getting ourselves simplified and keeping it simple and not, you know, just jumping after the next shiny object every five seconds is probably the the biggest challenge that most entrepreneurs have, you know, and I'll raise my hand and say, I have been one. And yes, things are always changing. And there are some fundamental foundational things that never change. And those are the areas where I work with people. So basically, have something great to sell, sell it, and then serve it successfully. And then just do that again. Keep what you have to offer in a premium price range. Go out and speak about it. Sell it. You know, let people know. Let people know. Let people know. And there's a million, zillion, gazillion, trillion, billion different ways you can let people know. Pick three. Pick three. Don't pick, don't try and do all the things because you dilute yourself and you diminish your energy so that when it comes time to serve people, your well is empty. So, yeah. That's amazing advice. Now, are you, I, I've noticed you talk a lot about you saying, I own it. I have to own it. Now, how important is it for someone to have that ownership? Like, your life, you're creating it. You, it's not about the external circumstances, it's about owning your life. You know, do you teach that? Because I, I noticed you say it a lot to yourself and that's so important. You know, how important is ownership in, in this journey? Well, you know, if you don't own it, somebody else will own you, right? It's that important. It's that important. If you don't own your place, if you don't take your stand, if you don't own responsibility for taking care of your own business, right? right? I just had somebody visiting me today and he, um, he's a funny guy. He's a, a singer. And he said, I was never a guy who went after the panties. I was always the guy who went after the bag. And I was like, wow, that is pretty intense. But he's so clear. He owns it. Like, you know, he is in business. He's here to do business. He's a singer. 
girls are throwing themselves at him all the time, but he's like, "Mm -mm, no, thank you, because he's not interested in that. And so he's a great example of somebody who owns it. If you don't own it, you're literally opening yourself up to every single octopus out there who wants to put their suckers on you and take your life from them for themselves, not to serve you. You know, so it's my life. I get to decide who do I want to spend time with? What do I want to talk about? Who do I want to serve for clients? How do I want to serve them? And if I don't own my life, then I'm going to be just spread out all over the place. Everybody else is going to be sucking on my life force. And at the end, there's going to be nothing left for me. Yeah. What good is that? No, exactly. I love that. That's solid. That's such great advice. Where can everybody find you? I want to make sure we can clearly find you. We'll have everything in the show notes, but love for everybody to be able to hear. Sure. So you can go to emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. One of the things that I really specialize in is helping people have clarity. So the gift is actually an instant clarity exercise. It is an eight minute or nine minute meditation. It's under 10 minutes. It's an under 10 minute meditation so that if you are caught in the clouds of confusion and having difficulty being decisive, right, which is what we just talked about, you've got to be decisive. That's part of ownership is being decisive and not being spun with all these decisions that we have to make, but being able to make the decision and move on. So the instant clarity exercise will help you with that. And please feel free to opt in for that at emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift. Awesome. And of course, your podcast. Yes. Check out the Men on Purpose podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and uh, Spotify and all the places. iHeartRadio, all the places. You have beautiful artwork on that too, by the way. It stands out. It looks great. Thank you. That's mine. That's an original piece. Oh, no, I meant, well, that, that as well, but I mean for your podcast. I love oh, yeah, thank you. It. Like, it's thank beautiful. You. Now, thank you. I ask one question always, out of all the stuff you've gone through, all the personal development, all the, all the, the struggles, all the growth, what's the number one thing that you can recommend for somebody to overcome adversity to go on to achieve greatness in their life? That one, that, I know there's a few, but that one thing that you can think of. Yeah, I'm going to say take inspired action. And what I mean by that is when you get the tingle, like when the quinkle is happening, take action in that direction because the divine intervention comes in a moment. And if you don't take inspired action in that moment, it passes by you and goes to the next person. So yeah, take inspired action. Yeah, it could be that that pulling feeling, right? That gut or that book falling off the, <laughs> so many things. I love that because people need to, you got to be open-minded and, and, and that's the, that pull, that inspired action. It's so important. It also and, makes life an adventure, Lance. It's for like, sure. for me, it's like, I'm looking for the next piece of popcorn on the trail. Cause it's like, Ooh, there's yeah. another piece of popcorn on the trail. It does it's make fun. life more fun. Cause when someone's like, Oh, that's just a coincidence. Oh, that's just, it's like, well, I mean, these things happen for a reason. We're all balls of energy floating around, you know, like <laughs> stuff is happening. And yeah, you're right. It makes it a lot more fun. So I just want to say thank you so much. This was great. You're sharing your story. It's so powerful and could inspire so many people. And that's what I like as well. Somebody can hear that and really, you know, get a lift and get inspired to want to take action in whatever it is they do. And I mean, that's why, that's why I love doing this and having amazing conversations like this. So I just want to say thank you so much. 
Mm. Well, thank you for having me, Lance. It has been my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I'm really delighted to have been able to spend time with you today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure for myself as well. Everybody, make sure you check out Men on Purpose podcast. Emerald Green Forest, she's awesome. She's powerful. She's got lots of good things to share with you. So make sure you check her out. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope you got value out of Emerald's story. I know I did. Make sure you check her out. Check her podcast out as well. She's awesome and really, really, really grateful that she joined us today. Today's second review will be from The Human Optimizer. Awesome podcast. This podcast has great content and covers important topics. Lance is the man. Thank you so much, Human Optimizer. Really appreciate it. Any review I get, I really, really, truly appreciate it. And like I've said before, if you want your review read online or, I mean, on the air, keep them coming and I'll do my best to read it. So anyways, I hope everybody got something out of that today. And I hope you guys all have an amazing day and we will catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.